This podcast is brought to you from the studios of 96.5. 96.5 is a listener-supported radio station in Brisbane, Australia, and relies on the generosity of people just like you to create content that matters. If you're enjoying this show and you'd like to hear more podcasts like this, you can support the work of 96.5 with a financial gift. Make your secure donation at 96five.com. This is 96.5's Family Worship. Heard Sunday mornings from 9 on Brisbane's 96.5. Well, hi, my name is John. I am the campus pastor of the Hillsong Brisbane downtown location. And today I want to bring a message entitled, It's Not My Job. You know, when Sarah, my wife and I had our first daughter, Charlie, we have three children. We have a five-year-old, a three-year-old and a two-year-old. So three children five and under, so please pray for us. When we had our first daughter, Charlie, it was a special time. It was a magical time. For those that have children, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But you know, there's certain things that they don't warn you about. They don't tell you about as a parent, like how disgusting it is to change a nappy. For those who have young children, again, you know what I'm talking about. You see, when they're babies, it's manageable. You can handle it. But as they start to eat solids, Well, let's just say that that'll make a growing man cry. But I made a rookie mistake with our first child, Charlie, because every time that she would have a dirty nappy, especially a number two, I couldn't bear to get anywhere near it. I would just gag. And so I would hand over my daughter to my wife and I would say to her, sorry, babe, this just isn't my job. Now, I know you're thinking, How could you say that? And that's why I said it was a rookie mistake because I learned pretty quickly that this wasn't going to go down well. It's both of our jobs. And all the mums said, amen, that's right. You know, we used to have a sign in our bathroom doors at church from our senior pastor that said, if you see a mess, clean it up. It's all of our responsibility. You know, as a church, we recently created a credo. And for those that don't know what a credo is, a credo is a common adopted set of beliefs and standards that our staff and our team have sort of taken on that really create the the foundation of our culture as a church. And one of them says this, social impact is not a department. And here's what it says. It's not just the role of a department to care for those in need beyond our four walls. It's mine. I stand along the rest of humanity, regardless of race, creed, or religion, without judgment, to care for others in need. I love that. I love how Jesus puts it in Matthew 25, 40. He says this, The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. I mean, this has to be my all-time favorite scripture. I know you're not meant to have favorite scriptures, but I do. This is my favorite scripture. In fact, it's so much so that I've got it tattooed on my arm. Now, no judgment, please. I've marked the temple of the Lord. If my mom is listening to this, she is 100% judging me. She hates that I have a, a, a tattoo. I've also got a tattoo of cross equals love on my arm, but I tell her, And I tell you, it's the words of Jesus, so it's okay. But I love this scripture because Jesus is literally telling us that when we help someone in need, it's like we're doing it to Jesus himself. In fact, Jesus is putting himself in the place of the marginalized. 
Let me put it this way. Jesus is the homeless person sitting on the park bench. Jesus is the single parent trying to make ends meet. Jesus is the refugee trying to flee war for a better life. Jesus is the child that has nowhere to go. I think we would all agree if we ever saw Jesus uh, in need, if we came across Jesus on the street and he was in need and he needed our help, we would do everything possible to help him. And in fact, this is what Jesus is saying in Matthew 25, 40. He's saying, when you help them, you help me. And if we back up a little bit and look at the context of Matthew 25, we can really see and capture the essence of what Jesus is trying to share here to you and I. You see, in Matthew 25, Jesus is talking about when he returns. Of course, 2,000 years ago, Jesus came to earth, uh, died on a cross for our sins. He was raised from the dead and then he ascended to heaven. But before he ascended to heaven, he told us that he would come back. And so in Matthew 25, he's talking about when he returns and when we all face that moment of going into eternity, he will separate the sheep, those who enter the kingdom, from the goats, those who won't. Now, let me be very clear here. We're not saved by works. I'm not here today to talk about being saved by works because we're not. We're saved by grace. We don't go to heaven because we are good people and we help people. No, no, no. We go to heaven because we choose to put our faith in a God who loves us, a God who saves us, and a God who wants an active relationship with us. So this is not about works. We are saved by grace. But clearly, in Matthew 25, Jesus is trying to make a point. He tells us that he will say to the sheep, those entering his kingdom, when I was hungry, you fed me, he said. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you visited me. And then the people, you and I, who are about to enter into heaven, will say to the Lord, when did we feed you, Lord? When were you naked? When were you in prison? I don't remember you being in prison and going to visit you. When were you in prison, Lord? And then as we read before, verse 40, Jesus will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So I want to encourage you today, church, that every time or any time you meet someone in need, instead of just praying for God to help them, maybe you and I can be the answer to our own prayer by helping them. When you see that lonely neighbor in your street, invite them over for a meal. When you see a homeless person on the street, don't just cross the road or pretend to be on your phone. Hey, we all do it. But rather smile at them, engage with them, pray with them, show them the value and dignity that they deserve as fellow human beings. You know, at our campus in the city, we operate a social enterprise cafe called Comma Cafe. Uh, shameless plug, it's open Monday to Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., and you're more than welcome to come in. Our, our whole existence, the reason we do this is to eliminate loneliness in our city. But we have something called a pay-it-forward system within the cafe where people on Sundays or Fridays uh, at our services or during the week, they buy a coffee uh, or they buy a meal. They can actually pay an extra $5 or $15 and they can get a little card that they put on a board so that when people come into the cafe and they can't afford a coffee or a meal, they can simply take one of these cards off the board and then they can get a free coffee or a meal that someone else has paid for. You know, we take time to, to talk with people, to pray with people, to encourage people. 
You see, it doesn't take much. All it takes is a willing heart to serve those in need. You know, so often we say, well, it's not my job to help these people. It's the government's job. It's the charity's job. It's the pastor's job. Or it's, it's the job of people that feel called to this particular type of ministry. And in a sense, we, we rule ourselves out of meeting the needs around us. Well, I just felt to encourage you today as a follower of Jesus Christ that it is truly our job to meet the needs of those around us in the community. As Jesus says in Matthew 25, 40, when we help those in need, it's the same as helping Jesus himself. Now, friend, I understand that we can't do everything. We can't solve every problem. We can't help every person. It's just not possible. We cannot do everything. But friend, we can do something. We can start somewhere. We can start with someone. We can all do something. You know, in 2006, I was an accountant working for church. Shout out to all the accountants. Woo! I started a ministry in uh, Parramatta Park in Sydney, feeding the homeless each week based really on a need that I saw as I drove past there on a regular basis. You know, we would take time to get to know the guys and hear their story and just encourage them. And then eventually we started to bring them along to church, those who wanted to come to church. And so we had a bus and then we filled that bus. And then weeks later, we filled another bus and then we had to get people come with cars. And we ended up having 40 to 50 homeless coming to church every single week. It was incredible. We started a connect group in the park with people who are homeless that wanted to dive deeper into the Word of God. And I tell you what, there were so many incredible miracles that took place in that community over a number of years. I met a guy named Gerard at at Parramatta Park. He was homeless and he was sleeping under one of the benches. And then one day he decided to to join us for, for the dinner. And he started to tell us that he had been hurt by the church and the church had let him down and he wanted nothing to do with the church. He wanted nothing to do with us. But after a few months of coming to this meal that we put on every week, one Sunday we were there to pick up the guys for church And there was Gerard standing in the line waiting to get on the bus. We didn't say anything. He just jumped on the bus. And we get to church and we have the service and it's amazing. It's powerful. And we get to that altar call moment in the service. Now, those who have brought friends to church before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You are praying so hard in this moment. God, soften their heart. Lord, speak to them in this moment. May they surrender their life to you. And so I'm praying for Gerard. I'm like, God, save him. And I did the little sneaky peek across my shoulder to see uh, how he's responding to this altar call. And as I look up, he's disappeared. I thought, oh no, he's done the runner. But then I was thankful that at least he was in church. But then to my surprise and to my delight, I looked down at the altar call down the front of the church and there was Gerard, front and center, tears streaming down his face as he surrendered his life to Jesus. You know, from there, God really did a work in Gerard's life. He began to bring others to church. He began to share his faith and journey with those around him. I would call him an overnight evangelist. Then one day as he was coming to church, he he ran into somebody or met somebody at church who was running a small Bible study at their home, and they invited him to join. And so they would go to the park and they would pick him up and bring them to their house every fortnight. And then someone in that connect group 
had a granny flat in the back of their property and they said, well, Jared, why don't you just come stay in the granny flat for free? It gets you off the streets. And so he was able to get off the street and get some housing. And then from there, he started to connect with us and, and city care and the, all the things that we do outside the four walls. And every day he comes into city care and he's serving the local community. He's helping people that are in need every single day. And what's amazing is that to this day, 17 years later, Gerard is still following Jesus. He's still serving in church and he's still making a difference with his life. Now I say this, imagine if in 2006, when I met Gerard, I decided that this wasn't my job. I wonder where Gerard would be today. You know, the reason I started this ministry in the first place was because I remembered the words of Jesus in Matthew 25, 40. I knew by helping them, it was the same as helping Jesus himself. And so my prayer today, church, is that everyone listening to this message would not be condemned or pressured, but rather encouraged to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our cities, in our communities, and in our neighborhoods. That we would understand that it is my job as a follower of Jesus to care and to love the least of these around me. Friend, that's all that Jesus needs is a willing heart that says, yeah, I can't do everything, but I can do something. Because whatever we do for the least of these, we do for Jesus. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you, Lord, that we have an opportunity to be your hands and feet in our local communities. And I pray, Lord, that you would create those opportunities just to share your love, to share your goodness, to share your kindness to those who need it the most. And Father, I pray you bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. 96.5's Family Worship broadcasts Sunday morning at 9 on the radio at 96.5 FM and online at 96five.com. This has been a 96.5 podcast production.